I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries, and I'm teaching on Tuesday on the spiritual Sabbath. The spiritual Sabbath has to do with everything in the Bible. There is no longer a weekly Sabbath. The Sabbath was, Sabbath doesn't mean seven. It means rest. That's what it means. Sabbath means rest. S-A-B-B-A-T-H. That's what it means. They had many Sabbaths in Israel. They had Passover, Pentecost, and Feast of Ingathering. And they had festivals. They had the Festival of Unleavened Bread that began the day after Passover, Nisan 14, and the first day of that was a Sabbath, and the last day of that was a Sabbath. So it doesn't mean Sabbath. We're talking about how do you rest on the spiritual Sabbath? You have to learn to understand the sovereignty of God. Sovereign. means above everything, above all. God is sovereign over everything, the good and the evil. And the sooner you learn that predestination is true and that God God has ordained everything to be, when you begin to learn that, you rest every day. And every day should be the Sabbath to people who believe that they have to cease their own works. Their own works. And that is the true Sabbath. Or cease their sin are seized their works of the flesh and that's what Galatians Galatians the fifth chapter tells us and we see that same thing happening in Hebrews the fourth chapter let's look at Hebrews the fourth chapter one more time and I'm just simply setting up what I'm going to be teaching on I'm going to be teaching on how man has to cease his own sin and where his sin comes from. His sin does not come from Satan other than the fact that Satan is in his flesh. People ask me all the time, where is Satan? Well, it's in you. It's the outer man. When you're born again, you don't get away from sin. Uh, Anybody who says they don't have any sin, like Donald Trump said in one of his interviews, do you think you have to ask God forgiveness? He said, I've never done anything wrong I need to be forgiven for. That's outrageous. I'm not against, uh, I'm not for Joe Biden because I'm against Donald Trump. I'm against both of them because they're not believers. And you have an outer man and the inner man. The outer man cannot stop sinning. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. His seed remaineth in him. Christ is the seed of God. 
and he cannot sin, the inner man can't sin, and if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and we're deceived. There's two words for deceive, apateo, or apate, and they both mean basically the same thing, and the word plane. And there's variations of both of these words. Apatao, A-P-A-T-E-O, will be the verb. And planetes means to be a rover. And we get our word planet. We get a planet. A planet is a rover around the sun. Planet. We get the word planet. And it means to be caused to go out of the way. There's one way that's right, and that's the narrow way. So when you're deceived, you leave the narrow, the thalibo way. From narrow, we get the word thalipsis, which is the noun form. That is the word tribulation. We go into the, we cease to have the tribulation way when we are deceived. Now the inner man can't sin. That's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And where does this outer man come from? The outer man is the enemy, enemy of God. Because the outer man wants to be friends with the world. Friends with the world. With world, that's James 4 and 4. 4 and 4. Friendship with the world is enmity. Enmity, ekthra, E-C-H-T-H-R-A. Is enmity. Enmity means hostile. If you're hostile to God, you're an adversary of God. You're an opponent. I can't even spell. Adversary. Or you're an opponent of God. This has the same definition. This has the same definition. Of course, it goes on to say, if you're friends with the world, if you're friends with the world, you're the enemy of God, ekthros, E-C-H-T-H-R-O-S. You're the enemy. You're the enemy of God, and you're hostile to God when you're friends with the world. And friends is the word... Philos, P-H-I-L-O-S, which comes from phileo, P-H-I-L-E-O. That's one of the words that has been ambiguously translated to love, and it means to have an affection for. If you're affectionate to the world, you get along with the world, and you run with the world, you're God's enemy. In fact, the word enemy has the same meaning as Satan. Where is Satan? It's in your flesh. That word Satan in the Greek is satanas. 
and it means an opponent. It means an adversary. It's it has to be in your flesh, opponent. When you sin, that's not Satan coming to you. Satan is not some spirit that wanders around in the sky or in the air and looking for a soul to get and then looking for a soul to inhabit. It's in you and I. We've got evil in us without looking for more of it out there in some spirit. lady wrote and said, what's an evil spirit? Evil is the word kakos. That's the common word evil all through the Bible. Kakos, evil spirit, is the same thing, is the same thing. Spirit is the word P-N-E-U-M-A. Pneuma is the word breath. It's what keeps this person alive right here. We have an evil breath that keeps this flesh alive, and that's what we breathe in, and we never breathe out all of our breath. You have a little sacs in your lungs. The reason I've studied this is because I've had a history of bronchial asthma, been in and out of the hospital hundred times I don't have that anymore because I don't stress over life anymore that's really amazing if you really begin to believe that God is in charge of everything and he's sovereign you'll stop having this evil spirit or evil breath now mark the first chapter I've given this this is the best illustration of evil spirit best illustration look at mark the first chapter i'll get back to these others back to this galatians 5 and hebrews 4 all of this is tied together i'm not wandering around and chasing rabbits it's all is connected together it's one big picture now jesus comes into we'll just read this mark the first chapter Jesus comes on the Sabbath day into the synagogue, there in verse 21, Mark 1. And they went into Capernaum, that's on the north, the northern end of the Sea of Galilee. Capernaum. Jesus moved his operation, he moved his operations for his, see if I can get a good map here. The Sea of Galilee is, I ought to have one here somewhere. All right. Well, I'm looking for one. I can't find it. Let me just draw it on the board for you. Oh, here it is. Capernaum. See right there? It says Capernaum right on the northern shore of Galilee. And from Galilee... The Jordan River runs down into the Dead Sea. Well, Jesus moved his operations up to Capernaum. That's where he met Peter, James, and John. They were fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. And he moved from Zebulon over here. That was Nazareth in the land of Zebulon. That's where he's raised. He moved his headquarters, more or less, to Capernaum. So he's 
in Capernaum preaching here. Now, and he goes into a synagogue that was Babylonian and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, but he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, hag with a kakos, actually it says uh, akathros, A-K-A-T-H. A-R-O-S. It's not Kalkos in this situation. I just put Kalkos up there because that's evil. Unclean is comes from K-A-T-H-A-R-O-S. Katharos is the word clean. In fact, we get our word cauterized from that. To cauterize something means to clean the wound. And the alpha privative negates that word when you're in front of it, it means not clean. That's the alpha privative. So there's a man with an unclean spirit. And then Jesus and the and there was in a with an unclean spirit, and the man cried out, saying, Let us alone. Now he used plural there, let us. Us is plural. And he's using, and they believe that all the demons in the first century came in great hordes of numbers, and they were all feminine gender. And cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we, we is plural, to do with thee, thy Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus, boy, this is really tells you what they are. Jesus rebuked him. It should be him ought to be in great big shining lights, but it's not. It's just in little, little letters. He rebuked him, A-U-T-O. That's our word, A-U-T-O. It's the word self. An automobile is self-mobile. And an autobiography is one written by the man himself with his approval on it. And Jesus rebuked him. Now, we're looking at this same man in Luke 4. It's Luke's account of the same man over in Luke, the fourth chapter. And here's what Luke, the fourth chapter, says. So Jesus rebuked self. You will find this word auto when it's used in different areas or different phases. You, you've got different ways of spelling. The word ending gives you some character of the word. If it ends with an ada, A-U-T, ada, that's feminine gender, and they would translate that her. And you've got A U T O U. A U T O U can be masculine or it can be neuter gender, depending on the antecedent. The antecedent is the noun that it refers back to. When the Bible says the beast, over there in 
in uh, Revelation, the 13th chapter, in that second verse, it says, The beast gave him his power, his seat, and his great authority. That's a bad translation, him and his, because the word is A-U-T-O-U, and the beast is the antecedent, the noun that him and his refers back to, and it's A-U-T-O-U. So the hims and the hises have to carry the same gender as the beast, and that's a bad translation. When you look at your interlinear Bible, it says it's. I use that just to show you the difference. Now, so here in, in uh, and I'm reading this because this woman has said, what is a an unclean spirit? So we find the same man, verse 33, Luke 4. In the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil unclean a catharos this is the same man this is luke's account devil is the word daemonion d-a-i-m-o-n-i-o-n daemonion comes from the root dio d-a-i-o meaning to distribute fortunes and that's the man that also shows you that a demon is the man because Jesus rebuked him, the man. Now, he had an unclean spirit and cried out with a loud voice saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, Jesus uh, of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art. And Jesus rebuked him. Same words here, auto. He rebukes self. Self is man's problem. That's all it is. It's the outer man. I've said this. This week's message could be called, it has to be named, Satan is in our flesh. This would be the message. Satan is in or let me say the opponent or the enemy of God. The enemy of God when we try to get along with the world we're the outer man and we want what we want. We have lust. Epithumia. It, may, it comes from epi, meaning to superimpose or cover your life with thumos, breathing hard after. Oh, I've got to have what I want. I've got to have that girl. I've got to have that house. I've got to have that guy. I've got to have that car. I want, and I don't care what I have to do to get it. That's the evil that's in a man is his own heart. The Bible doesn't say... Satan is deceitful above all things. It says the heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. Man's evil is in his own heart. Men don't know how evil their heart is. That's why they don't believe in predestination. If they knew how wicked their heart was, if God will open up your heart and subject you to the worst sins like he has me, and you fall into sin and you yield to temptation, God will wake you up one day, open up your chest and say, this is how dark your heart is.
The reason men don't believe in predestination, they don't know how dark their heart is. If you find out how dark your heart is, you know that only God bringing you to him, dragging you in. No man can come to me except my Father which has sent me. Draw him, that word draw, helco, means to drag in. So when we're talking about Satan, we're talking about what's in your flesh. I don't believe there's any such thing as the devil. When the Bible says the devil goes about seeking him and he may devour Devour means to drink down. That's what the scorpions did. They would sting their 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 opponents, dissolve them, and drink them down. I've got a book on arachnids, and that's what it tells you. They drink down their enemies. Satan and other men and evil, unredeemed, unregenerated men will drink you down. That's where the evil is in a man. It's in his flesh. Let me show you something. It never even occurs to people when they read James, the first chapter. Let me show you this. The evil in a man is in his own flesh. What God hasn't called us to be getting revenge. Vengeance is mine. I will repay God, says the Lord. It is not your business as a believer to get any revenge everybody on, on anybody at any given time. No one. You're not supposed to be angry at your brother, especially without a cause. The only reason you can be angry at a man is when he's a lying false teacher. Be angry at those people. The Bible commands that in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Look here in James. Your sin comes from you. That's where your sin is. And boy, this is a hard thing to get over to the people because people don't want to believe this. Look here in James. First chapter. James, the first chapter. In James, the first chapter... Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, verse 12, when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, when he endures, hupomeno. When he puts up with, it comes from the word hupomone, when it's that's the word patience the trying of your pace your faith worketh patience though it be tried by fire so when you endure you have patience while someone is trying to tempt you now let's continue reading here this is something that confuses a lot of people which the Lord hath promised to them that love him, those that agape him, those that walk in his commandments. Walk in his commandments when you are tried. Dokimazo. D-O-K-I-M-A-Z-O. That means to go under trial or fire. 
the trying of your faith is more precious than gold that perisheth. The alpha in front of dokimazo would negate the word. It means no fire, and that's the word reprobate. People that are reprobate, they hate the fiery trials that requires when you are a believer and you have to give up self, give up the flesh. Then it goes on to say, and notice what this says. Let no man say that when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Now it's not talking about God never tempts. It's talking about tempting to do evil in this section right here. For God cannot be tempted with evil. God can't be tempted to cause you to do evil, but does God tempt you? He tempted Abraham. The Bible says so in James, this, this second chapter. He tempted Abraham when he told me to go off your son there upon Mount Carmel as a sacrifice. Neither tempteth he any man to do evil. That's the context of this. But every man is tempted. Parasmos is the worst temptation. P-E-I-R-A-S-M-O-S. This is the word tempted or temptation. Tempted is P-E-I-R-A. Temptation is P-E-I-R-A-S-M-O-S. Same word in Second Peter 4.12. Think it not strange, Kazenos, X-E-N-O-S, or actually X-E-N-I-Z-O. It's the first Peter, not second Peter. Excuse me. First Peter 4.12. Knidzo is the word tempted, and it comes from X-E-N-O-S, which is the word stranger, an occasional guest. Think it not strange, Knidzo, concerning the fire trial, which is to try you. Same word, parasmos. You are to be tried. It's not strange. God's going to try us and put us in the fire, but he doesn't tempt us to do evil. He tempts us to do good. He puts us in the fire so we'll have patience, so we'll have hupomone, and we will endure. He tempts us to do good, but not to do evil. When you do evil, notice what it says. Every man is when he's tempted, he's drawn away of his own lust, epithumia. It is your lust that draws you away. It is not Satan. It is Satan only in the sense that your lust is Satan in your flesh. Epithumia. And that word drawn is the word ex elco. Ex, you're drawn away. Drawn away. Ex, e l k o. Ex means out. And helco 
comes from X out and helco, meaning to drag. That's the same word Jesus said in John six forty four. No man can come to me except my Father which has sent me draw him. God has to drag us in and he has to change our will to his righteous will. He has to overcome that outer man by this inner man. And the outer man, where did he start? Genesis 1-2. Without understanding Genesis 1-1 and 2, you're not going to understand where this outer man or this Satan or this enemy of God that wants what he wants what we do it's our lust of our flesh drags us into sin and if there is no inner man nothing will be restrained you for what you have imagined to do when you say let me make me up let me make up my own name my own authority we have to cease our sin That's the spiritual Sabbath. Look back at Hebrews. These verses I was going to give you right here. I have come to the conclusion that our sin is our problem. It's not Satan. It's only Satan in that he lives in this fleshly man. I don't believe Satan is a spirit that hovers around in some goofy movie and it's a spirit going, Zoo, ooh, I'm going to overtake your body. That's baloney. The evil is in you. It's been in me. It's something I fight every day. Jesus, Jesus did not say, if any man will come after me, let him deny Satan. He said, let him deny himself. Himself is a form of A-U-T-O. Himself is the word E-A-U-T-O-U-M-A-I. You can see auto in the middle of that. The E there, that is a, that is any time that self is involved, the E is an augment on words, A-U-G-M-E-N-T, that means you have to be denying self. He's not saying deny Satan, but Satan is in us because Satan is the adversary or evil. I'll give you this before I get... Let me go ahead and... There's so many things I want to say to you. Look over here, back in Hebrews, the fourth chapter we've been talking about the third and the fourth chapter of hebrews and the bible speaks all through the book of hebrews hebrews the third and the fourth chapter it's talking about the rest of god rest of god is by believing god By believing God. And that word rest all through the third and fourth chapter is kata pausis. 
It comes from pause, meaning to cease, or to rest, and kato, meaning down. It means to settle down. That's how we settle down in God's spiritual Sabbath by believing God and everything that he's doing is of God. He's declared the end. Notice the sovereignty of God has to do with the spiritual rest. He's declared the end from the beginning and from ancient times everything that's not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure and you can rest in that as a believer. You can rest in the fact that everything that's going on out there. I've told Dave over and over and over. Dave came here from Dallas. He'd been a heavy metal DJ and and he'd, he'd come up here and he was cussing a lot, getting mad at people. And every day I'd say, Dave, you got to remember, most people in the world are vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. There are people going through the broad way and they cannot help themselves when they mistreat you. They're trying to climb the ladder of success and they'll hurt anybody on their way up the ladder. That's what vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. They're natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed. So God made them that way. Why do we need to get mad at them when they're putting us through fire and trials? And that's the outer man. The outer man of other people is the one that's hurting those of us that have the inner man. And as God causes us to overcome the world with fire and trial and persecution and putting us through all this he's overcoming pride and arrogance and self and everything that in us that seeks the lust of the flesh he's overcoming that in us so when you go through it accept it the world out there is going to mistreat the believer don't fight them i've said that to victor i've said that to dave i've said that to a lot of people you can't fight them because they're they're going to hell. You can't fight people that God made them for hell. They were natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed. Made is the word Ghanaian. It means born. They were born for hell. It comes from the word gene or Genesis, Genesis. Gene. They were born to go to hell and that's the majority of the world because many are going to enter into the wide gate that lead to destruction and only a few are going to find the narrow way. There's no need to fight the world. God made the world where only a few people out there are going to heaven. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life and only a few will find it. Few oligos, a, a puny number I think this is a, something that most believers don't realize. We're living in a world that's full of the outer man and no inner man, and they're fighting and scrambling and grappling to climb up the same ladder and play the same ball game and the same ballpark. And as a believer, you can't change the rules that the world has made. Now, so he says here in chapter 3, these people that murmured against God in the wilderness, they could not enter into God's catapasis because of unbelief. There in verse 18. Unbelief is the word A-P 
I-S-T-I-S. It means no faith. No death to self. Faith is dead to self. And then he speaks of the same rest in verse 1 of chapter 4. Let us enter. Therefore, let us fear lest a promise of being left us entering not into his rest, his katapasis. And then he speaks of, and we have believed do enter into rest in verse 3. And he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, my katapasis, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Then in verse 4, For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did katapasis rest on the seventh day. He says what you do on the seventh day is rest from your works. And then he says down here in verse 8, If Jesus had given them katapasis, then they would not have afterward spoken of another day. Therefore, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. That's the word Sabbath. There remains a Sabbatismos. Sabbatismos. There remains, he's tying together there remains a Sabbath. That's the only time this word is mentioned. There remains a Sabbath, and the, and the writers say it means the repose of Christianity. To repose means to stop. For he that... There remaineth therefore the Sabbath of God. For he that has entered into his katapasis, which he equates with the Sabbath... He also has ceased from his own works, his own ergon. He ceases from the outer man, but the outer man dies hard. It takes a lot of fire and trial and persecution and tribulation and tribulation and affliction and affliction to make self wake up. God did that to me personally. He put me through fire and trials and hospitals and everything you can imagine took me right near death several times till I put my hands in the air and said, Lord, I surrender. I have been a believer since I was a little boy. I went out there and tried to get rich in the world in music business and tried to get famous. You're not supposed to be famous. You're supposed to be infamous if you are a believer. You're supposed to be a person that people don't like. Bless you to ye when men shall reproach you. O-N-E-I-D-I-Z-O. Make you infamous. When you try to give up the flesh, you're not trying to be somebody and get rich and be famous. You're just trying to live a life of truth and telling people the truth, and that's it. Make a job, get a job, make a living, pay your bills, but don't try to be somebody. We have to be infamous when we are believers. Now, 
ceased from his own ergon. That's what it says, ergon. And it occurred to me, we get the word in ergon or energy. It means to work within. It's only God that has in ergon, energy working in us to willing to do of his good pleasure there in Philippians 2.13. So here's the works of man in Galatians. Galatians. In Galatians 5. I'm not going to go through them because I went through all of them here a couple of weeks ago. Galatians, the fifth chapter, and in down here in verse, this is what you have to give up to enter into God's Sabbath. Verse 19, chapter 5 of Galatians, Now the works of the flesh, the ergon of the flesh, the ergon of the outer man, are these it's the ergon of this outer man where did this outer man come from this pits in this chapter it pits the works of the flesh against the fruit of the spirit in verse 22 the fruit of the spirit when you have them you begin to learn to rest whatever you're going through is the will of god as a believer what has got us all messed up we've been deceived by thinking from these preachers out here so you need self-esteem you do not self-esteem is not of god it's of self the bible says all that's in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father it's of the world pride in that verse is alazania ala Z-O-N-I-A and that is the word self-esteem. You're not supposed to esteem yourself. You're supposed to esteem others better than yourself. That's because self or the outer man has got to die. Has to die off. I used to fight everybody verbally all the time. I don't do that anymore. Where did this outer man come from? We're talking about where is Satan? Every time you find Satan in the in the Old Testament, let me erase some of this. Satan in the Old Testament is the word Satan. It looks just like the word Satan. It's pronounced S A W T A T A N. That's the way it's pronounced. S-A-T-A-N. Every time you find it in the Old Testament, it is the word Satan. S-A. It's actually spelled Satan, but it's pronounced Satan. Satan. It's actually just Satan. That's all it is. And it means adversary. Our opponent has the same meaning as ekthros, ekthros, enemy, an opponent of God. The opponent of God is the outer man. God never says that there's such a thing as a demon. The world would say demon, daemonion, 
they when they said Deamonion Deamonion is our word demon. It comes from the root dio, D-A-I-O, meaning to distribute fortunes. That's what it means. Well, that is the flesh that wants the fortunes of the world. There's not a spirit hovering around out here that wants fortunes from you. The only people that wants to distribute fortunes are lying, false teachers, and they have Satan in him, in them, and they don't have an inner man. I don't believe Kenneth Copeland and Fred Price and T.D. Jakes anymore have the inner man than a monkey's got an inner man. I don't believe they're believers. They preach the false gospel. They preach another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. The Jesus of the Bible says daily cross, death to self, self-denial, to be infamous in the world, to be hated by the world. If the world hated me, it'll hate you, Jesus said. If you're not hated, you're not a believer. I'm not saying you can grow up all of a sudden one day, but if you've been a what you call a believer for 30 or 40 years and nobody hates you and you're just popular in the world, you're a heathen. Famous people don't get to go to hell. Don't get to go to heaven when they die. All these famous country singers, you're going to hell when you die if God don't deal with your heart and you don't repent. You have to repent. I thought about just getting a bunch of first names, all these people, and going down the line, John and Bill and Joe and Susan, and just said, you're going to hell. You can't go to heaven because you go to a Baptist church. You go to a Pentecostal church where they lie about tongues. They lie about the prosperity gospel. They lie about faith healing. You can't go to heaven just because you go to some place that says they preach a Jesus because it's another Jesus. It's a Jesus of the outer man. It's a comfortable, easy Jesus. Paul said some men were coming to Corinth in 2 Corinthians 11 and 4 preaching another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. He said, and I have not preached that Jesus. And then he turned around and he said, that other Jesus is Satan transforming himself into an angel of light. Transform metaschematizo. means to disguise oneself. These guys that come along and they've got three-piece suit and they got cost of $2,000 sharkskin suit and they got all of this. They look real righteous. They got a puffed-up hairdo and they a real Pentecostal looking or Baptist looking. And they get up there and talk about God loves us all and he wants us all to be good Christians. And there's three points on how you can be a better Christian. First of all, you've got to love God with all your heart. And they don't even know what love means. And they say these cliches. And they never talk about daily cross, self-denial, death to self. They never talk about suffering for Christ. They never talk about taking your cross and dying daily. There are those people of Philippians, the third chapter. Some men, Paul said, they hate the daily cross because their God is their belly. 
That's the outer man. That's the outer man. Their God is their belly. The belly was an Epicurean term. Epicureans said the belly was the seat of all sensual desires. That didn't just mean the stomach. That meant anything you desired, whether it's money, cars, things, sex, music, being lifted up in the world, having accolades, having awards, and say, isn't he and she wonderful? That'll get you into hell is what it'll do, famous star. Those people in Hollywood are comical. I go through the checkout counter at the grocery store, and they got the National Enquirer, and got this side of the magazine, and so on, so was divorcing his wife and remarrying this other woman out there in Hollywood, and they've only been married for three weeks. It's just insane. They want what they want. And some of them call themselves Baptist. Some of them call themselves Pentecostals. I'm sorry, but that's not what you need. You've got to have repentance. You've got to have death to self. And he says, some men hate the daily cross. Their God is their belly. And they, they hate this daily cross because their mind is on earthly things. This is in Philippians, the third chapter. Their mind, their phroneo, P-H-R-O-N-E-O, their sentiment, their desire, their sentiment is on earthly. Earthly is the word gay. It means dirt or soil. They like dirt and soil too much. That's what all these Hollywood people and all these stars, these country stars and these and these uh, uh, pop stars, they like dirt. That's the problem. What do you mean they like dirt? Well, their cars are dirt. Their house is dirt. They can have a they can have a great big gigantic twenty five thirty thousand square foot mansion and it's all dirt. They can have Maseratis and all these Jaguars that cost three and four hundred thousand a million dollars and every bit of it's dirt. It came out of the ground and even the fluid they put in it come out of the ground, it's all dirt. And they get paid millions of dollars and and the checks they get are dirt. And they go to a bank and deposit. It's a dirt bank. It's made out of dirt. They drive a dirt car up to the dirt bank, put dirt gas in it. It all comes out of the ground. It's dirt. That's That's what men's affection is on is on dirt that's why they don't want to crucify that because it takes a daily cross to get rid of all the dirt spiritual things is what we're to be living for not earthly things and they don't like like it when I say if you're famous in all probability you're going to hell You can't go to heaven being a wonderful, famous guy. Maybe that's why, I don't know, 
Tim Tebow, who was a quarterback for Denver Broncos, every time he would go in, get a touchdown, he was a running quarterback. He'd go down on his knee and thank God for it. I don't know that that's what you're supposed to do. But he did that, and he couldn't get his contract renewed. And he actually had the Heisman Trophy from college, and he wasn't a bad guy. He wasn't running around drinking and cussing. I don't know what the situation was, and none of the, none of the, none of the teams in the NFL would hire him because the word had gone out. His parents were missionaries to the Philippines. I don't know. I keep trying to find out what's happened to him. Maybe it's because he became infamous because he said too much about the Lord. I don't know. I kind of feel like that had something to do with it. You become infamous when you stand for truth. Now, where did this outer man come from? He came from Genesis. Let's go back over to Genesis. So if you hate if you're if you hate the daily cross which gets rid of the flesh we've got lists of the flesh all through the New Testament lists of the flesh are lists that cause us to be drawn away of our own lust and enticed to sin it's not Satan doesn't have to come by a spirit into you. You've already got it in you. It's in the outer man. Let's go over to Genesis. How much time do I have, Mike? I'm not going to be able to get very far through this, but I'll get back. I believe this is where the outer man comes from. I'm going to try to go through this whole chapter, but I can't do it today. There's too much to it. I believe the first chapter of Genesis is a picture of God's predestinated elect family. And as I go through it, it might take me a couple of weeks to actually go through this. We're still talking about that outer man. Where does he come from? All right. I'm going to leave that inner and that outer man up there. I'll erase some of this inside. So this is the inner and the outer man. The inner man is Christ. The outer man is self. That's what draws a man away of his own lust and he's enticed he's deceived is the outer man you got that outer man in several chapters about God saying put on this you got a list of all these sinful people and you got the outer man in these various chapters you got the outer man in Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. You got him in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. 
You've got got him listed in Colossians, the third chapter. The Bible will say, put on the inner man. Now, when you cannot restrain yourself, that's your own lusts that's dragging you away. It's your own outer man that wants his way. Even if you're a believer, God's going to have to put you through a lot of fire, persecution, persecution, tribulation. He may put you in the hospital. He may put you in the hospital and nearly kill you. He did me. He may put you, uh, cause your wife to leave you because you want to go out and go to bars and clubs and she doesn't want to do that. And so she says, I'm not going to have that in my life anymore. So she leaves you. Wife leaves. You may go bankrupt. You may be so depressed. You may be so depressed that you want to commit suicide. You may go through every kind. Maybe one of your kids dies, gets cancer gets in the hospital and dies or has some devastating problem. And all this tribulation will say, will what make you wake up one day like I did? Throw your hands there and say, God, I surrender. I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing. I give up, Lord. And all of you go through enough tribulation, persecution, and fire and and trials If you go through enough trials, that's how God deals with his people and gets rid of the outer man. And very slowly, this inner man will take over that outer man. And when you get old like me, I'm 81, be 82 next May, all you've got left is a thin veneer of that outer man. But that outer man dies hard. He don't want to give up. I want what I want. I'm, I don't have but one person here, plus a guy running the camera in the back, and Mike. And I'm just as enthusiastic preaching to this empty room as I am if there were 10,000 people here. When I get into this subject, whew, it really does something to me. And you got in Romans 7, Romans 7, you got the inner and the out. That's the best description because Paul said, when I do the things that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. He said, it's sin in me. When the Bible says in all of these other verses, put on. Put on the inner man. Put on is the word E-N-D-U-O. It means to sink. It means to sink into clothing. 
And the Bible says in Galatians 3.27, As many as you have put on Christ, have been baptized into Christ, and that's a blood baptism, that's death to self, have put on, the word put on is the word in duo. You've sunk into clothing, and it takes a long time to go through the various lists here to get rid of that outer man. you got to mortify the deeds of the flesh. Mortify means to kill off. Kill off all these deeds to the flesh and it names the things that takes years to overcome. You don't get over self all of a sudden. You're saved. The inner man is saved and he's perfect. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. That's the inner man. If we say we have no sin, present tense, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I believe people, the believer needs to hear this more than anything else. Your problem has only been you. My problem has been Jim Brown. I used to think it was... I used to think it was gospel music promoters, pop music promoters. I used to think it was real estate moguls, real estate brokers. It wasn't any of those. It was me. You know what was wrong with me? I was trying to try climb a ladder that I had no business being on. Nobody has any business, if you're a believer, climbing the ladder of the world. They invented the ladder. They built it. They made the rules on the ladder. And you can't go in there changing the rules. Say, I want to bring Jesus with me. They say, well, look, we don't mind if you take drugs and you run around with your wife, but you can't bring him on our ladder. It's their ball game, their ballpark. It's their ball. And they invented all the rules. What makes you think you can go out there, Jim Brown, and change their rules? took me forever to learn that. <laughs> I had no business being a gospel singer. I could sing real well. But it has nothing to do with anything. The gift that God gave you doesn't have anything to do with what you're supposed to be doing. Sometimes God will give you a gift so he can take it away from you. So said, now do you see you're not supposed to be doing what you want to do because I had a great tenor voice, could knock the walls out with a high D above C, sustain it, because I could do that. I thought, I'm supposed to be doing this. No, I wasn't. Had no business being out there in a world that's full of rebellious men against God. They had Satan in them. Now, look over here. I can't get through all of this. I'll just, I'm going to come back and go through the whole chapter. This whole chapter of Genesis, the first chapter, this is a picture of every one of God's elect saints. This Genesis 1 is a picture of God's elect. Because you're going to have the inner man and the outer man in this chapter. This is where the outer man comes from. 
the sinful man. I believe if, unless men even understand this chapter, they're going to not, not know where that outer man comes from. The man that doesn't want to repent and he's got his lust and his desires, his lasciviousness in him. This is a picture. You start off with a creation. And then, without form, void, and darkness upon the earth. When the Bible says, in the beginning, God created, that is not without form, void in darkness. Because created is a righteous word. It's righteous. It is the word bara. It means to cut and make fat. I said it last week, fat to the Jew was not cellulite on your side. Fat to the Jew was the best of the crops. The fat of the cattle was the best of the cattle. The fat of the land was the very best. In fact, bara comes from the word berith. P-E-R-I-Y-T-H. Berith is the word covenant. God's covenant started with the first verse of Genesis. God created heavens and earth. Let me make this as simple as I can. We can hold our finger right there and go with Isaiah 45. Let me say something right here before I get to Isaiah. Create and make are not the same word. Create and the word potter are not the same word. Potter normally is the word yatsar in the Hebrew. It means to form. It's like taking something in your hands and forming it. Make is the word asa. It has basically the same meaning as potter. It means to make with the hands. That's a potter. God did not make the earth. Anytime the Bible says that God made the earth, there in, in Exodus, the, while he's talking about the Ten Commandments, Exodus, the 20th chapter, said he made the earth in six days. That's the works of a potter. That's after the earth was without form and void and darkness. Something happened between these two 
verses. I used to wrestle with this. What in the world happened to make the earth without form, void, and darkness? Let me give you those words, without form. Without form is the word tohu. T-O-H-U-W. Tohu. And the word void, without form, and void is the word bohu, B-O-H-U-W. It means to be empty, undistinguishable, B-O-H-U-W. These words do not at all describe creation. That it has to be where something happened without form, void, and darkness. Darkness is the word T-O-H-U-W-N. It means an abyss. An abyss is something that is has no meaning to it. An abyss. It's like plunging into nothingness. Well, let's look over here in Isaiah 45. I may have to come back and... Do I have any time, Mike? 23. How much? 23. 23? Yeah. All right, look here in Isaiah. Isaiah 45. And when you find God's creating, He doesn't create evil. He creates evil, but He doesn't create darkness and void. The evil that He created was for our good. Isaiah 45. 45. 18. For thus saith the Lord that created Barah, heavens, God himself that formed, the word formed is not the word create. The forming came in the six days after that. You're not even to the first day when the earth was without form and void. Form without form, the word formed is yatsar. It's this word yatsar. God that formed the earth. It's like putting the earth on a potter's wheel. Formed yatsar is a reference to the six days, but they're not six days of creation, they're six days of reforming everything. God that formed the earth and made it. Made is the word asah. It means to put on a potter's wheel. That's the six days. That's the six days of making and forming. Make and form are not the word create. They're absolutely not by definition. It means simply to take something, put it on a potter's wheel, and pump the wheel. And we it's the same thing he said when he said, Hath not the potter power of the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor? To make one vessel unto honor? 
Jacob and another to dishonor Esau. If that's what he wants to do, he could do it if he wants to. Thou art the potter, we are the clearing, we are all the work of thy hands. But we're not the creation is when he breathed into Adam the breath of life, but he formed Adam from the dust of the ground. That wasn't creation. Creation he went That's when he created Adam. So God himself that formed the earth and made it, he established it, he created it not in vain. Created in that verse is the same word in the beginning God created. And the Bible says he didn't create. Tohu is the word in vain in this verse. So what he's saying, I did not create in the first verse of Genesis. What's going on in the second verse? I didn't create that. Then what happened here? What happened was God retaining, God throwing Satan out of heaven. It always bothered me when I would see over there in Revelation, the 12th chapter. How can you tell when Satan entered the earth and its atmosphere? You go to Revelation, the 12th chapter, Revelation 12. And Michael, the archangel, is having a war with Satan in heaven or with with the evil dragon, as the Bible puts it. Let's look at the 12th chapter. verse 7 chapter 12 there was war in heaven Michael and his angels fought against the dragon the word dragon is dracon this is something that people don't understand it's not a fire breathing dragon that's really a bad translation dracon means to fascinate That's what appeals to this outer man out here is fascination which deceives him. The Bible says it is money that deceives a man, things and stuff. It's no daily cross. So there's a dragon and Michael is fighting against him. There's two righteous archangels, Michael and Gabriel. Michael is God's death angel. Gabriel is God's announcing angel. It was Gabriel that went to Daniel in the 70 weeks of Daniel, Daniel 9, 24 through 27. He comes to him in verse 23. It was Gabriel that went to Mary and announced to her that she was going to have a son and that he would be of the Most High. It was Michael that killed 185,000 men in one night over there in Second Kings when the Sennacherib was going to come down and attack uh, southern Judah when it wasn't time for southern Judah to be attacked. It was 
Michael that killed 70,000 innocent Jews in Second Samuel, the 24th chapter, when David numbered Israel, taking credit for his victories. It was Michael. Well, here's Michael again. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not, neither was there a place found any more in heaven where God is. And the great dragon was cast out. The old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world and was cast into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. But his angels were not cast into the earth. The angels were cast into Tartarus. If you go to Second Peter, the second chapter, in the second chapter, Second Peter, and verse four, and if God spared not the angels that sinned, that's the ones that were cast out with the dragon, but cast them down to hell. Hell is the only time this is mentioned in the Bible. T a r t a r u s. Tartarus means the lowest pit of hell. This is where the fallen angels are. They're not intermarrying with women. I don't have time to go into that. And delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved. Reserved. Tereo. Guarded in this place called Tartarus. And to stay there till judgment. That's where they are. Only Satan was cast into this earth, but he's capable of polluting the entire universe. So he polluted the dirt. This is the same dirt that God picked up off the ground in that end of this chapter, first chapter of Genesis. And he formed man, Yatsar, Form man out of this corrupt dust, and he comes up with the outer man. That's where he comes from. But he puts Christ in this man because he comes and talks to him. And he tells Adam, There's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. Thou shalt not eat of that. And the day you do, you will die. He didn't say if you eat. He said the day you eat, you will die. Because you will eat because I am the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Foundation of the world. And the names of my elect are written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. So he's got to have a sinful man. He's got to have an outer man so he can birth an inner man. And it's his program to overcome the outer man with the inner man. And you'll live all your life, but you'll never get rid of all your sin. And that's what we fight all of our life. That's where the Satan or the adversary of God is. The majority of the time you find adversary in the Old Testament, the word adversary is S-A-T-A-N. 
It, it, it doesn't just mean Satan, the devil. It just means the adversary of God, which is in our flesh. Now, proof that this is a picture. Let me finish this verse in verse 18 of chapter 45. Let me read it again. For thus saith the Lord that created Barah, righteous word, the heavens, God himself that formed. This is, and when he created heavens, that's a righteous time. There could have been a million years or millions of years between verse 1 and verse 2. And we know that because when you go out on a bright night, and you look at the stars, some of those stars are millions of light years away from us, and that light has been traveling at 186,000 miles per second to come to Earth, and some of those stars are millions of light years away, and some of them have been burnt out for many, many eons of time. They've already burnt out. We're seeing the light coming here. So when God says, let there be light, you're not even to the first day yet. It's not, there's not six days of creation. Jerry Falwell said, we as independent Baptists believe that God created the earth in six days. He didn't create it in six days. He formed it and he made it in six days. God that formed the earth made it Formed and made are not the same word as create. He hath established it. He created not in vain. In vain is the word tohu. He says he did not create in the first verse without form in the second verse. He says that right here. He formed it to be inhabited. He formed it. What he did in the six days was so it could be inhabited by man because there was nothing but chaos between the first and second verses. There was chaos. And all the scholars will even agree to that. There was chaos. It was a muck, mulky. There was nothing there. And when he said, that's, what, that's the way it is with the life of the believer. He created us innocent. We're babies and we're innocent in the first verse. And then when we come to the place of good and evil, just like Adam did when he comes to the tree of good and evil, we go straight and Satan enters into our life and causes chaos and that's when we're lost sheep. And then God begins to do, then in, uh, in order for us to understand the truth, he has to say the same thing in our lives that he said in this, in this third verse. Let's go back there and look at it. In this third verse, well, let me finish verse 2. And the earth was without form and void and darkness, which is the nature of Satan. That's where he had to be cast into the earth. 
And the Spirit of God moved upon the face, the Pana, or Panim, P-A-N-I-Y-M. It's a form of the word Pana, which means face, or surface. It reminds me of pros. Apo, L-E-P-T-E-O. That's the word respect of persons. Respect persons over there in the New Testament comes from pros, ops, and lambano. Ops is the word optical. We get our word optical, but it means to motion towards and take hold of the surface. And from this word prosopolipteo, we get the word prosopon, which is the word face. And when men respect person, they go for the face or the surface of something. And God said there was, darkness was upon the surface of the deep. There was The best scientist will tell you at one time the earth was surrounded by some kind of a cloud. And when God says, let there be light, that's not when he created light. He created light in the first verse. He created the heaven and the verse and the earth and he created it He created it, and that was a perfect creation. When he said, let there be light, he was saying, circumcise the earth and let the light in. Let the horizon in. Let the horizon. I believe that's when God created a horizon. When there was darkness, and he said, let the light in. Let me have a horizon. Horizon is our word horizon. And prohorizo is the word predestinate. I believe predestination started right here in the third verse after there was without form and void and darkness in our life as a believer. And then God says, let the light in. That's when he circumcised the earth. Do I have any time, Mike? Six minutes. Let me read some of this first chapter. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. There's darkness all around the earth until he says, let the light in. And when God says, let the light into my elect, it comes in. He arranges our life in all of this darkness we're wandering through. The first chapter of Genesis is a predestination chapter. Predestinate prohorizo. Means to be foredetermined for the light or for the horizon. And the light is Christ. Let Christ enter the life of this one of mine elect. And then he starts in doing a work. The six work days of God. 
I got an old ancient book called The Six Work Days of God. I can't get very far in this. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And the evening and the morning were the first day. The Jewish day begins at 6 o'clock or sundown. And it ends at 6 o'clock the next day. We can forget 12 midnight. That's not according to their... That's not it. That's why their day would begin. And I've got a lot to say about that. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. This firmament means an expanse or an arc of the sky. Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. Let it divide the waters under the firmament. And we use the word terra firma for the earth. Terra firma is the ground that we walk on. And the firmament was a space, a space that divided the waters above the firmament. There were waters up here. And there were waters down here, and that was the oceans and the rivers, waters under the space, the air, or the what we call space out here. And there were waters up here divided from the waters down here. And it never rained until Noah. The Bible says so. Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. It had never rained before. God actually prepared the waters up here for a flood that would be there one day because of sin, because he had created man, this outer man that wanted self. He had created that outer man and he wanted that man to be in sin and he had to reserve some waters. It never rained for 1656 years from Adam until the flood. Never rained. How did they get their water? It tells you in the in that second chapter, in the second chapter, verse 6, And there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. I love that that first chapter of Genesis. It's about, in fact, each time he would do something. Do I have any time? Every time he would do something, he would say, It was good. He said, It was good seven times times seven is the number of divine perfection the last time he said it he said it was very good good is the word t-o-w-b 
Tobe, it means some pronounce it T O V E, Tobe, and it means it was beneficial. And seven in the Greek, in the Hebrew, is the word Sheba. And it comes from the word Shabua, which is the word Oath, all through the Old Testament. When you look at Oath, Sheba is seven. And Shabua, to take an oath to God, means two seven ones self. To seven oneself. So the earth is going to be sevened. Each time he said it was good. And then he went on to say, so he reserves the earth for a flood by putting waters up here and waters down here on the earth, the oceans and so forth. And there's a space. God held those waters up there with his omnipotent power. I'm out of time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Thank you for this magnificent picture of where this outer man comes from. He's made out of corruption. As soon as we come to the knowledge of good and evil, we go straight to the tree. Thank you for your mercy to show us these things, cause to continue work. We'll praise you for everything that happens because it's all of you, good and evil. And it's all for our good. Fight our battles. Lead us to your elect family. Strengthen the flock, Lord, that's watching. We'll give you praise for everything in Christ's name. Amen.